You will not find the solution to political problems in cryptography, but we can win a major battle in the arms race and gain a new territory of freedom for several years. Governments are good at cutting off heads of centrally controlled networks like Napster, but pure P2P networks like Nutella and Tor seem to be holding their own. Satoshi Nakamoto. Welcome to What is Your Bitcoin Story podcast with your host Gigi, where we explore the diverse perspectives and experiences of individuals deeply involved in the Bitcoin revolution. Today, we have a privilege of hosting a true renaissance man, Oscar the Wise Rabbit, an activist, anarchist, adventurer, video creator, and Bitcoin environmentalist. Oscar's journey into the world of Bitcoin began with a deep-seated desire to challenge the status quo and explore alternative economic systems. His anarchist learnings drew him to the decentralized and empowering nature of Bitcoin, while his adventurous spirit resonated with the pioneering spirit of early Bitcoin community. As a video creator, Oscar has dedicated himself to distilling uh, misconceptions about Bitcoin's environmental impact. Through his engaging and informative videos, he aims to bridge the gap between the climate movement and the Bitcoin community, fostering a more nuanced understanding of Bitcoin's energy consumption and the potential for sustainable solutions. Join us today as we delve into Oscar's fascinating Bitcoin story, exploring his motivations, challenges, and aspirations as a Bitcoin proponent and environmental advocate. Get ready for a conversation that will challenge your perceptions and inspire you to think more deeply about the role of Bitcoin in shaping a more sustainable future. Oscar the Wise Rabbit, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Gigi. <laughs> yeah, pl- pleasure is all mine. And, uh, and yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's been interesting to, to, to have an environmentalist come on the show because so far we, we've kind of had, you know, the, of course, the traders, the speculators, the miners, even programmers, but someone that, that kind of is deeply um, involved with with Bitcoin and the environment, I think is is a, is a very important topic to, to to cover. And yeah, as as we start with all other podcasts, Oscar the Wise Rabbit, what is your Bitcoin story and where does your rabbit hole start? So, I think it's I, I'll start with a Matrix quote <laughs> because in the Matrix, Trinity says to Neo, "It's the question that guides you." It's the question that guides you down the rabbit hole. And the question that guided me down the rabbit hole was how do we comply with the 1.5 Paris Agreement? That was the question that I asked myself a lot because I felt that reaching this goal was very... Yeah, if if we didn't reach that goal, we would face a lot of uncertainty in the future. Um, my generation and the generations to come uh, would live would need to live on a planet that is compared to now probably a wasteland, and I didn't want this to happen. So. I knew that 1.5 degree was the way to go, but I didn't know how to get there in the first place because everything we see around us on a daily basis is just shouting out change, 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 problem, problem, problem. If you live in a city 
in a modern city in Western society, everything you see is somewhat correlated or entangled into the destruction of our planet. And I didn't know how to change all of that in such a short amount of time. But then it dawned on me, you know, I studied economics um, in Cologne and I was deeply interested in money um, even as a child. So I knew that money would somewhat be part of the solution. And I started investing with Bitcoin just just because, you know, I wanted to make some fiat gains. But then I read more and more about it, um, read the Bitcoin Talk forum from <laughs> early 2009 till 2010, where I stumbled upon this great uh, quote you initially mentioned. <laughs> And I was like, okay, um, there's there's much more than I've heard about Bitcoin before. When I got to the Austrians, and when I read Jeff Booth, then I realized this shift in mindset that probably going from an inflationary economy to a deflationary one would be the best thing we can do to tackle system change not climate change so bitcoin is my tool to propagate that what year was that that, that you kind of stumbled upon the the Bitcoin talk and, and, and reading Jeff's booths and, and having this kind of awakening moment with, you know, Bitcoin showing up as a potential solution. That was year 2020. And what were your next steps and kind of how did that change? As you said, it impacted your, your overall view of society and everything, but kind of what led next? So it's a, it's a slow but steady process, I feel like. In 2020, I obviously wasn't at the same place where I am today. <laughs> I mean, if you have this idea sitting in your head for three years, then you, you know, you start to think it more consequently. Like, for example, Bitcoin is probably, like to me, it's inevitable. It will happen. The game theory is, is pretty clear on that. And I believe that if, if that's going to happen, not only for me, but if I can generalize it for society, then I have to think about the consequences of, of this thing happening, which is democracy and state and as we know it will change a lot we have to discuss it and that's actually the thing we want or the the climate movement longs for us is for change over these years 
personally my my dealings have changed a lot because before I was I was very insecure, you know, I didn't didn't know what to do. I just knew that the status quo is bad and needs to be fought. And now I feel like I can actually present a solution to people, which is very empowering. And from here I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I want to touch upon uh, one, one keyword that you mentioned, democracy, which most people take it for granted and, and they kind of, they really think, especially, you know, the citizens of the European Union, they think we live in a democratic world where in reality it's, it's very far off a democratic world where, you know, we are told, you know, what we can eat, what we can't, where we can go. And, and if you remember just a few years ago with, with the whole pandemic hoax, you know, where, where, where you had limited perch time, how long you can stay out, where can you go? Um, in my native country where I'm based in Cyprus, you had to actually send an SMS text that you're going out to walk a dog, which pretty insane, you know, to, to, to be calling ourselves a democratic society, yet we are so suppressed and kind of controlled and, and, you know, kind of Bitcoin really does unhinge you from this draconian world and, and really gives you the concept of true democracy and true self-sovereignty, which I think is, is highly needed in, in the current, you know, political and just general, um, environment that people find themselves in don't you think yes yes i agree i think there are different obviously we're much more liberal in europe and western nations compared to other nations in the world like there's there's worse stuff happening <laughs> uh, well, of course than there than there is here but I feel like a movement to, towards freedom always seems kind of scary to people because history is full of authoritarianism and they're like, mm. what do I do with my freedom? Uh, suddenly you have a lot of responsibility and you can push it away to someone else and be like, oh, it's, uh, you know, like, um, for example, climate change. It's not a problem of an individual. Like, I don't need to change my behaviors in mobility, in nutrition, in... In paper straws, not no more plastic straws. Yeah, in paper straws, straws definitely. In consumption in general, like, I don't need to change. Uh, I can say, you know, the responsibility is with the politicians. They need to solve it, which I've... I personally think is just, you know, the blame game we played for 50 years and we've seen where <laughs> it led us nowhere. Yeah. Well, I, I think to, to, to add to that, which, which you mentioned kind of people being scared of taking responsibility and this whole concept of, of change, which if, if I don't know if you remember, but Obama's presidential campaign was all about change, right? But he didn't mention what kind of change, good or bad change. It was just change. And just generally us humans as kind of the animal creatures that we are, we're, we're, com we're, we're, we're comfort-seeking creatures. When we find something that's good for us and works for us, we don't want to change. And now suddenly, you know, us, you know, 
Bitcoin, you know, nutters and maxis coming in and saying, you know, forget this whole fiat system, forget, you know, the government's lying to you and just everything you've been told, well, majority of it, it it's, it's all lies, you know, kind of opt out. It's very hard for people to listen to you and take you seriously. But I think like with everything um, in life, good things take time. Um, as you mentioned, also kind of you processing Bitcoin and, and kind of having that aha moment, it, it took time and even for myself, um, I'll be totally honest, it, it took me four years for me to actually have that pure, you know, light bulb moment where, you know, I actually differentiated Bitcoin and all other crypto gambling casino where, you know, the, the, the true meaning behind Bitcoin, which is not just a monetary means of, of exchange, but it's actual, you know, the hardest money that was ever created. And in my opinion, is ever going to be created because we cannot replicate Bitcoin. It's It's been done once. Um, and the fact that, you know, the way how it came in and how Satoshi Nakamoto gave birth to it, um, I think it's a very beautiful thing. And, and, and the fact that, you know, we don't know who Satoshi is and, and to people that think, you know, kind of, you know, we're, we're late to the game. I, I keep telling people, everybody's super early. Even if you, if you start learning about Bitcoin today in, in end of time of the, this recording is end of 2023 but i mean bitcoin's been around for for a mere just under 15 years it's it's nothing when you zoom out in the macro and look at the history of monetary policy and and how we evolved from you know switching little stones and shells to 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 gold to silver and you know currently which we live in this fiat world which on paper, you know, sounds good, but in reality, this makes no sense and actually makes everybody's lives and especially younger generations, mine, yourself and, and everybody to come. Um, it's making it ever harder to live and, and be a self-sovereign individual. So I think it's super important for, for people to start grasping and, and looking further into Bitcoin. And most important thing is learning about it. Because um, with anything good, if you don't understand something, no matter how high prices, I tell people, forget the price focus on studying, learning, and reading books, which will open up your mind to, to new possibilities. And I think that's the only way how we can foster change in the long run. But in the short run, I mean, it's very hard to achieve. It is. But I, I feel like it's a challenge we need to face. Because to me, it feels like the sooner, the better. Yeah. This experiment with fiat is already going for 52 years. You see it that people have, you know, that it's part of their life. It's they, they, they did, don't know what else there is. Like my dad, he's born in 1970. He's never seen anything other than fiat capitalism and that's what's, that's why it's so hard for him i think i feel like to to leave this behind because you're basically saying well i've i've lived in a lie for for all my life what the fuck <laughs> and i know that it's hard for me too it was hard for me too but um but it's important for change and the thing I do, you know, is I go out on Saturdays in front of banks and protest and raise public awareness towards this problem because I feel obligated to do so. I feel it's a moral obligation for me to 
send a to message. Give out a reaching hand to my fellow citizens and be like, this is something I witness. Maybe, maybe there's something here for you. But I, I feel the moral obligation to, to tell them, um, this is a problem I see in society. This is a potential solution. Solution. Won't you come and discuss this topic with me? Because I feel like public discussion has been the center of enlightenment in society over thousands of years. So that's what I do with this protest. And I feel like it's, you know, this, this could lead in long term i envision this leading to a global mass movement of liberation that would be my dream because there are banks in every country there's bitcoin in every country <laughs> there are anarchists in every country there are people who want to be liberated from the status quo and i feel that this form of protest is probably one of the most effective ones because it affects or attacks the main tool of oppression, which is money. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just to add what, what I like about essentially the, the, the Bitcoin revolution, that it's a peaceful revolution. You know, you don't need to go out into the streets and destroy stuff and, you know, get out guns and knives and be violent. It's just, you know choosing to opt out how are you gonna you know be saving are you gonna be saving in you know the fiat money which loses value every single minute the more the banks around the world print this useless money um or if you essentially opt out and and try to 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 choke and and kind of drain the the fiat system which is you know opting in in into the bitcoin standard now of course you can't just full radical swing and just be living on a Bitcoin standard today unless you're living in El Salvador or, or a handful or, or Lugano or, you know, a handful of other places, you still need this fiat exposure. But in the long run, if more people join the movement, and as you said, that I think it's one important thing that you highlighted having this discussion amongst society, which, you know, if we if we look back 2000 years ago with, with Stoics, how they, you know, got, got around on a porch um, and Aristotle and, and and Seneca and everybody, you know, just just had a send, you know, just 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 a pure conversation with the people. I think that is that is a must if we want to see this big change in in the grand scale of things. So I, I know you've you've done some public speaking as well um, at some conferences, um, and of course, as you said, with, with 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 your protest, do you do this every Saturday or you do this once a month or kind of or or how does this come around? I do this every Saturday. Every sa same city, or you go around? Um, just one of the banks that's closest to my location. <laughs> at so they must know you. They're like, "Ha, ah, the wise rabbit is coming with with the poster." <laughs> or no, actually, banks, banks are, are closed on Saturdays, on... right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But True. The, the, yeah, the, the legacy markets needs uh, needs a rest after their hard work um, and the dedication that they do to. Uh, to suppress us and um, but how, how have you seen kind of over time so i guess you've been doing this for for some time now kind of how was the response and you know is there more people that stop by and you know have a conversation or or is it is, is it a lonely journey or kind of 
how do you see it from from your perspective i actually i really enjoy doing it it's a really nice thing you know the first time i did it i was very nervous and anxious somewhat because i was like oh my god i'm gonna get punched off here or i don't know i'll sit in a cell this evening which was totally over dramatic because i basically sat there and i was ignored for uh, yeah up to 21 blocks so i i do my protest from one to t 21 blocks depends on nice. my my time on saturdays but um it's a cool thing you know every time you sit there you have hundreds of people walking by or it depends on where you sit of course but <laughs> You have you have many many people walking by, but then this one person is stopping, and you get into a conversation, and time suddenly doesn't exist anymore, mm -hmm. and you're, you know, you're just exploring the possibilities of what could be if everybody was courageous enough to to change. This doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you're just sitting there and you're you're getting fud and you're getting laughed at and it also depends on your sign, you know. Like I've I've been doing this for 15 16 weeks now and I have had a different message every time because I'm just mm -hmm. experimenting what is you know what what really tickles people and sometimes people are with every sign you get different people which is kind of interesting <laughs> as well you know so yeah um i love doing it i would encourage every one of you listeners to do it if you're a bitcoin maximalist i feel you know yeah it's a peaceful revolution but let's make it one it can't be a revolution in our heads mm. re re revolutions are actually put into action on streets and i don't you know my like i'm i'm talking about non-violent action but we need to do it in and on scale in mass mm. so non-violent action is the thing that was most successful in societal change over the last couple of hundred years maybe so we see mahatma gandhi with his salt march non-violently pushing out the brits out of india we see nelson mandela in south africa non-violently getting rid of the apartheid regime of course there's always a bit of you know, there are always these few guys, once a, a, a movement gets big enough that you can stop that, have some certain, you know, frustration in, in them. But that's not, that's not what, because we can't, we can't win against governments with tools of violence because they have monopolized violence. So yeah. there's no way we can win that fight against governments with with violent action. So I believe we need 
mass-scale nonviolent action in form of financial protest by retrieving from the fiat system and entering the Bitcoin system. But in order to, to get that, to not see bank runs, I feel we need to have people who know this stuff, who want to share this stuff like us, having giving the offer and being like, mm. you know, we are here. We're here to help you. We want to give you, we, we want to save you from the crypto casinos. <laughs> and, you know, do you know this Bitcoin meme where there's this Bitcoin maximalist and this guy sleeping in a bed and there are all <laughs> these darts flying in the back with the ETH and Sol and yeah, whatever? Yeah. We're, we're these people. And what we do is we protect our fellow citizens from individuals who don't have their best interests at heart, which we have. And I believe this could be a very, very powerful movement once we see this popping up in all the countries over the world and in front of all of the, the banks. Just imagine going through a city and, you know, first per there's a person in front of a bank and you're like, oh, what's he doing there? Okay, we can walk past him. But then you walk past the next bank and you see another person with another sign, but also in front of a bank. And you're like, huh, this can't be, this can't be a coincidence, but you walk <laughs> past. You even walk past there. But then the third bank, you see a person, you're like, oh, fuck. Something is happening look into there this. and FOMO is kicking in. <laughs> That's how I see it. And, so, and, and tell me, Oscar, are, are you doing these protests alone or you, you, you have some other community members that, that, are, that are standing with you or, or, or how is it? Or, or you're currently just in an experimental mode doing it solo? I do it solo because of two reasons. First, I'm more independent. I mm. don't have to announce time and place to other people, meet them there, uh, organize stuff. You know, it's not for me about public speaking to people who are interested. It's more about getting, getting in conversation with people who are not interested or, or, mm. or just going by. It's, it's random. Second thing is in Germany, there's a law that says once you're two people for a protest, you need to sign it up. You know, you need a... Like a warrant license or something. Yeah, you need somewhat a license or you, you at least need to say, you know, we're here and there. This is what we're doing. Wow. Talk about democratic country, right? Well, it is somewhat a democratic country and you know this this freedom of of demonstration of public gathering is deeply enshrined into our constitution. But I feel like these laws make it somewhat difficult 
to operate and you know like you know i i have a certain amount of understanding if if i gather like 400 people and i block the streets of course i need to somewhat inform the state or the police mm. about what's happening so they can um put in alternatives or somewhat something but if i'm just two people sitting in front of a bank i'm i'm like yeah <laughs> don't know why why i need uh, it's all the bureaucracy that. right it's uh yes. some laws I, I i think and especially in the continent we we, we reside on in, in european union there's, there's constantly new bills and laws being drafted and and put through which in some cases are absolutely useless and just make the average citizen's life much much harder and it's like sometimes i feel like the bureaucrats are sitting there around the round table and kicking off the day with how do we make the citizen's life tougher you know how, how can we screw them a little bit more because in some cases like i agree with you if you're doing a big mass demonstration of course it makes sense to inform the authorities and, and take necessary precautions but if it's just a peaceful, you know, two, three people standing in front of a bank, it's it's absolutely stupid. But I guess lo laws are there. But on the topic of laws, uh, a certain thing that's currently happening in Europe, and, and I'm sure you've, you've also been following. And just recently, I believe it's this week or last week, um, the European Union um, in, in, in Brussels, the European Committee, basically came to a, to a consensus that they'll be introducing this digital identity this digital id passport for all european citizens where basically all of your information will be stored from your medical to financial to basically social credit <laughs> social credit score not yet uh that's that's that, that's common but social insurance and and everything which i find utterly bismal and, and kind of going to 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 huxley's novels of you know the orwellian state and world we are actually it's not a matter of oh one day it's like we're tiptoeing into it every single day and the average person in the street has absolutely no idea about it when you see the occasional talk about cbdc's and people are like ah yeah it's, a, it's fantastic you know like it'd be instant settlement people have no idea and it's it's like that um example with with uh with the frog right with the boiling frog the the, the frog has yeah. no idea it's boiling in a pot until it's too hot and then it's too late and i feel like if if we don't give this frog an opportunity you know and give it a rod you know go on frog pull the rod let's get out of this pot we are eventually going to you know walk into basically come to a time where it's going to be too late now i'm not saying this is going to be next month next year but certainly the way these these programs are are developing and especially after covid what we saw this kind of mandate of governments controlling the freedom of movement the freedom of speech what you can say online what you can't you know if you have a anti-vax campaign you're suppressed and you're basically blocked on all social media it's uh it's a scary reality that that in this reality bitcoin is not just oh you know the the, the the digital money that you know you can transact anywhere it's kind of it's your only way out of you know opting out of the system it is so so how do you see the and how do you envision the role of bitcoin essentially shaping this more sustainable and, and equitable future um through your eyes oscar how do i envision bitcoin doing that you know i i believe bitcoin doesn't fix all the problems by itself mm. 
but it's part of the solution because it fixes our incentive structure. It fixes us. There's yeah. a good quote. I think it's from Jimmy Song. I'm not <laughs> sure. But it says, Bitcoin changes you more than you change it. Yeah. That's an excellent quote. It is. Because it's true. <laughs> there are people in my life who don't recognize me anymore. And there's another good quote from Emerson. I, I, I think I've read it a couple of days ago. It's like, once your mind is stretched by a new idea, you never return. You, you won't believe this. I, I shared this exact quote 48 hours ago in our Bitcoin Club Cybers community, this exact quote that you just said, because it really resonated. Because once the mind is expanded, there, yeah. there's, there's no putting it back in the box. It's the genie's out the, genie's out the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like if I imagine all these people with stretched minds in Cyprus and El Salvador and the United States, and you know, everybody has their own thing that they're most anxious about that they see most potential and for me it's the the climate thing like uh, dr striving for more sustainability for other people it's striving for more privacy it is striving for more social you know like less income inequality whatever it is pick your pick your sign draw your statement and go out because like these conversations are nice, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I do understand and actually feel what you're saying. So we have this same basis of values we're communicating upon. That's why this conversation can happen Fluidly. with less emotions and intuitively. Yeah. But we need to have these really, really hard conversations about any topic, be it vaccinations, climate change, racism, wokeism, sexism, whatever it is, veganism and <laughs> eating animals. Like all, all of these things are hard topics, are, are, are tough conversations. But we can't, what I currently witness is Normal people can't have these conversations. We're outsourcing these debates to mainstream media debaters, celebrities, or maybe mm. the politicians. Within families, people are so enraged by what they see that they can't even speak anymore. You know, I've heard many instances of families where there's this one person who thinks differently about vaccine who's completely isolated from their community and this happens with bitcoiners somewhat as well because it's a tough conversation to talk to to us because we we have a different set of values this is not just one thing that comes from one side it needs to be from both sides you know we need to be open for that 
conversation to happen and we need what what i found most most challenging in my journey so far was getting to the point of accepting the status quo accepting the other people around me who wouldn't want or who don't see what i see yet mm. and respecting them and feeling empathy and compassion for their struggles because i feel all the good conversations we can have are based on these principles of compassion empathy respect once we get there as bitcoiners as well you know they're not the people around us are not stupid fiat slave uh, brainwashed matrix slave suckers i don't know like there there's a certain language to toxic masculine uh, maximalism which is toxic and i feel this is probably a thing to protect you you know to protect your culture and to feel you know we need to separate from all the others we group together and we're this kind of better form of human beings uh, who are more intelligent and whatever but it doesn't need anywhere good if we no. are in a bubble yes. and not willing to share and educate yes. and give a helping hand, as you said. GG. <laughs> I, I, I think to, to, to add to that, I, I think you touched upon a, a really good point, which I'm also witnessing a, a lot of Bitcoiners are just kind of communicating within their own little clique, their own little community of people that get them. And not many of them are venturing out and and trying to kind of answer, you know, the most basic questions. And I just said these tough questions, and I would even call them sensitive subjects, especially when we're talking about, let's say, racism, right? That's been around for centuries. And still today, we live arguably e even in a more racist world than before, because today we have this supercomputer in everyone's pocket called the smartphone, where you go on to, to Twitter, I know you're no longer there. And, uh, I'm also considering to 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 ditch that because every time you go to Twitter, it's just violence. It's just you know, kind of the the algorithm pushes stuff to to kind of to put you in a conflict with other citizens, which is the total opposite of what we are trying to solve here. We're trying to help each other get out of this sorry shitty times um, and not make them worse. Um, and I think kind of just. I agree with you. I, I think the consensus that, that people are generally sheep and they're stupid and kind of they don't know what they're doing and they're slaves in their own matrix. I, I think that's a misconception because each one of us, to a certain extent, is a special person. Um, if you look at the ratio of, of you being born and you are that, that sperm cell that hit that egg is pretty phenomenal and nobody should be suppressed and said, you know, you're a dumb human. You don't know. It's essentially the society that's been fabricated. Um, arguably for the last hundred years, which we call this globalization, but I like to term it Americanization, where it's all about kind of the race of the fittest, right? And and if you're not first, you're last. Um, and I think that's definitely wrong because 
we are, even though we're the same, we're all yet very different and we have different interests, but overall we should be aligning about one thing, which is love, respect, um, and helping each other prosper in this reality that we find ourselves in, which to a certain extent, who knows what reality really is because my reality may be different to, to your reality or the reality to a person on the street. And, you know, depending on where you live on this very small world, we, we, we like to think it's a huge world, but planet Earth is actually a very small circumference. We just are brought into this world thinking it's, you know, this is the only thing that's there and forget all the alien talk and, you know, other possibilities. There is um, a lot of things that, that bond us together, but unfortunately the society that's been formed around us, they kind of push us away. Um, and going back once again to, to the key word that you've been mentioning, Oscar, change, you know, kind of, if, if we don't initiate this change and sit back and wait, um, the change won't happen. So, you know, to all the listeners that, that, that are listening to the podcast, you know, even if you do just one single lonely Saturday, go out, write out, you know, a poster, go out in front of a bank, go, go in front of, you know, any institution that you don't see right. Uh, you are doing that little bit of deed and, and helping send a message out and, you know, having even a single conversation with one person is better than no conversation at all. And I'm a true believer in the butterfly effect. You know, when, when the butterfly <laughs> flaps its wig on one side of the world, on the other side, there's, you know, there's essentially a hurricane coming. And, you know, the more butterflies that, that come out and start flying and flapping their wings, the faster we get this hurricane. And as you also mentioned, Oscar, I am also kind of, hoping that this change happens sooner than later because we've had too much suffering in this world. And as we speak at the moment, it's, it's, it's insanity how much, you know, despair and, and hatred and especially these nonsense wars that are happening all to print more money yeah. is, uh, I essentially, I have no words for it. I mean, I don't like going down those topics. Those are also very sensitive things, but they have to be spoken about. But if you ask me, essentially, Bitcoin, one thing that I love about Bitcoin is one day, and this is not a if, it's a, it's a matter of when, once the world steps and adopts the Bitcoin standard, what I love is the fact that wars will be unaffordable because it will make no sense to go out and fight other human beings for the resources. May that be that dirty oil in the ground or may that be their gold or whatever, jewels, we need to change this. And for as far as we've known humanity, I mean, we've always had wars and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying on a Bitcoin standard, we won't have wars. We, we certainly as humans, we've always had wars, but they won't be these nonsense, nonstop wars that have been going on for hundreds of years and suppressing people for, for nothing at the end of the day, just, just for the people at the top of the pyramid to make some more money, that game needs to end and, and hopefully sooner than, than later totally agree there are many things that need to end sooner than later like fossil fuel industry i believe um mass incarnation of of animals like the thing that bothers me most most is that we we live in a reality where we can't price anything or that's that's the challenge where Bitcoiners are faced with to reprice everything there is. And this is really sad to me because, or not not sad, but I'm just, you know, I'm incredibly curious about seeing the world that is fairly priced. 
what would happen there? <laughs> like, how would people uh, go about their nutrition? Like, I feel like many Bitcoiners are very, 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 very wrong with thinking that there will be more carnivores and meat consumption will go up because that's not that, that, that won't be reality for most people because meat will be incredibly expensive because yeah. it's just more expensive to get nutrition through an animal than by just going through plants why would i feed soy to a cow to eat a cow when i can eat soy myself that's there's no logic in there and that's sure. what the fiat system does or yeah that's what a single source a centralized source of money production and value production seeds you you mentioned that that we see the you, you wouldn't call it globalization but Amer, um, americanization <laughs> yeah i believe this is somewhat intuitive because you have the most you have the world reserve currency which is the us dollar you have the federal exchange which is obviously then the most powerful central bank in the world which is basically privileged to create infinite amounts of money of value and if they centrally perceived give value, out if I, if i perceived may yeah <laughs> definitely perceived value now if they are allowed to give out these IOUs to everyone in the world, they would be like, you know, I'll give it to you if you adopt my values because my values mm. are the best values. And this is so, so wrong. On many levels. It is. It is. We need to harness the decentralized intelligence of humanity. I'm so curious. I'm so looking forward to this. That's why I won't, won't want to wait. So, Bitcoiners who are listening to this, there's a great quote from Mahatma Gandhi. He said, be the change you want to see in the world. We won't get there without struggle. It will be hard. It won't be easy to go into this world. It will be a fight for freedom. But it will be worth it. And we, we know it will be worth it. So there are country, there you mentioned these uh, citadels like El Salvador and Lugano and whatever. These places are just trying to make it more comfortable to change. But I'm not sure if there's always like you know if if the change they're doing you know like in el salvador there's still a government and i'm not sure if this this kind of change is enough i feel like what you mentioned earlier with the passport as well mm. you know we as bitcoiners need to think what is really 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 important to me in my life 
and what is some something that the habitus that I was socialized with that I just can't imagine without, but there would be a good argument for that. For me personally, it's borders and nation states. I've been around in Europe this year. I've met plenty of people. Most of them are very, very good human beings. Most of them want to live in a utopia without borders. But most of them, you ask them if they would um, burn their IDs and passports, they would be like, no, you can't do that. No, you know, I want to travel. Well, it always seems impossible until it's done. <laughs> so let's do it. I like it. That that that, that was a nice way. I, I I think to 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 sum up this high level conversation that we just had, Oscar. And I, I want to ask you the question: Where where could could we send our listeners to kind of hear more about all the great things that you're doing and and kind of see the videos that you're producing? What's what's the best way for people to follow? Your, your your movement and, and essentially the value that you're creating for everyone what's the best way to get in touch with you it would be probably on a decentralized social media platform or a protocol like Noster. Noster. i'm on Oster mastodon and blue sky i'm i have a youtube channel as well but i i don't feel very good about it and the at the moment because it's somewhat too centralized for me but yeah Noster. Nostr's probably in the long term the best choice. And you are the wise rabbit on Nostr, I presume, right? Yes, I am <laughs> the wise rabbit. Or at you you can always find me at Okihas. So O K I H A S. This is like the the handle, but um yeah, the wise rabbit. You you should find it. Or just, you know, on Noster it's easy to to look for hashtags because searching on Noster is somewhat uh somewhat hard. But it's easy to search for hashtags and you will definitely find me under hashtag Saturdays for Satoshi. Oof. There you heard it, guys. Hashtag Saturdays for Satoshi is how you get in touch and follow the wise rabbit. Um, on on Noster and, and another decentralized media. Well, um, Oscar, once again, I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time to 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 join us on this beautiful early morning to to have a top level and some say philosophical conversation about Bitcoin, the environment, um, and 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 just general society and which you mentioned change, which I think is one thing that listeners should take away. And as you mentioned, that fantastic quote from Gandhi, if, if you want to you know, change the world, start that change from yourself. And I think that's very important um, for listeners to incorporate and, and digest that message that if you want to make the world a better place, start from yourself and then change the people around you. Oscar, once again, thanks a lot for coming on. We'd love to have you back um, in the future as your journey progresses. And hopefully, fingers crossed, your, your peaceful demonstrations pick up pace and, and scale um, across other European cities and hopefully across other continents. Um, and yeah, I would love to hear you how, how things evolve for you and of course Bitcoin uh, together. And once again, thank you for your time and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Gigi. 